and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Hello. Good morning. Do you have your morning juice, which is coffee? You feel better? I always feel better. After coffee or before coffee? In the morning, whenever I'm recording with you, darling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Welcome back, everybody. Hi. So, um, okay, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, Help me get over the struggle. I don't know what to do. I feel like I used to be creative and now I feel like I'm not creative. (sighs) Right? I feel like everybody else is so much more brilliant. And when we have assignments, everybody else is so much better. Like that I'm, it's been a very long time now that I haven't created stuff. I haven't. And then when I do, it's so boring and generic see it, mm. i feel terrible and i completely get that back in college blah 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 we had a saying uh brain cells must be sacrificed because when you drink you lose brain cells but anyways um wh- how i come to it now is how many brain cells am i going to spend a brain cell thinking about this problem and most of the time i, I do the bare minimum and you, so you lose brain cells when you think about something? No, when you drink. Oh. So that's why we said brain cells must be sacrificed, but that takes us to brain cells, see? So now I say I haven't spent a, I haven't spent any brain cells on it. I haven't, meaning I haven't spent any time really thinking about it because welcome to the world, right? You've got 85 things going on at any given moment. So it's about choosing your intention in choosing where you want to spend your mental energies, because we talked about this. We talked about how you have only so much currency, emotional and otherwise, to spend in the course of a day. The same way you have only so much kind of thinking currency or decision-making currency. You can only make so many decisions in a day. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and we talked about we. We Is talked that about why, this. as parents, we're so tired at the end of the day? It can be, yes. I mean... I'm I'm like barely making it up the stairs at the end of the day. Well, yeah, that's why I'm conking out at like 8 p.m., folks. <laughs> My goodness. It's terrible. It's not terrible. It's it's where you choose to spend your intention, your thought process, and your energies. And you know what? Also, it means to me when you say, I'm not the most creative one, you're not choosing to spend enough, maybe as much energy as these other people are choosing to spend or able to spend. See, that just gives me more stress because I put everything I have into a bunch of things. Exactly. And that's just it. But I I have to at this point in my life. I I have, that's what I have to do. What, you want me to I, ignore our kids? I you want me to it. ignore the house? I and get you want it. Me to there, ignore... there, there are plenty of sayings that I can, I can um, throw out right now. One of them's kind of body, so I won't throw that one out, but... Um, you know, it's about what you focus on grows and, and focusing your attentions properly. Um, you know, I am one of those people who 
I get so focused on one or the other, it's I have a hard time walking and chewing gum at the same time. And that's just what it is. I mean, I choose to focus my attention on one thing at a time. And sometimes that means I have to context shift like crazy, but still. I guess I'm screwed then. Hey-o. Because I can't. There, there's a lot of things that I take care of. I take care of you. I take care of the kids. I take care of our health, our food, our everything. There's so many things I'm taking care of. I'm working on children's picture books. I'm working on voiceover career. I'm working on photography so career. Maybe you should leverage the creative talent you have in the house already. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it was spoken word Christmas song, right? Yeah. I spent half a brain cell on that for you. <clears throat> had we spent, had I spent five and had the girl spent five each and had you spent five, that would have been a lot of brain cells. Okay, so what Matt is talking about is we're doing voiceover work. Um, we're learning the craft of voiceover acting. Well, you are. I am. And and but through me, you guys are experiencing what I'm learning. Mm -hmm. So we had this competition with the voiceover network. It was to do a Christmas carol or a Christmas song, but you can't sing it. You have to do a voiceover. The thing that really got me was I didn't want to do a video. One of the reasons I love this podcast is I can be free knowing that no one's looking at my face. But if you're looking at me and I'm reading a line, I get really messed up. I can't, I hate being in front of the camera, which is why I'm a photographer behind the camera. Yes, but that's and, just it. Again, working within the theory of constraints or the practice of constraints. Okay, fine. No video. That's fine. But what would stop you from, say, doing Still Nacht? which is Silent Night in German, which is how I originally learned it. Welcome to being a Lutheran. Matt, I don't know what that is we are thinking of, but like these people... Say, say, saying Silent Night, the song Silent Night in German. So? Why not? Because it's not... You don't understand, Matt. Babe, these people were so creative. It's about they were funny. boundaries, okay? That's not pushing boundaries. These people took these songs and they were very funny. Well, honestly, like, that, would be, amazing. that would be a terrible thing to do because, you know, voiceovers, so that should be probably in English. But anyway, still, it's, think, it's about pushing. It's about, and it's about leveraging your community, your friends, people around you to help you come up with good stuff. Yeah. Ooh. And another thing is like, yeah, I have no time to mess around with creating a video and doing all these takes. Like, I have things so to do. So you're so focused on the video aspect of it. Yeah, because that's what everyone did. I took my videos and I turned them into audiograms. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm just saying I feel so inadequate. And I don't know what to do. Like, I was talking to our friend Kathy yesterday. I was over at her house having... A lovely tea. And I swear three different times I broke down in tears and I stopped myself. So it wasn't a full on cry, but it was because I feel like I'm failing all the time. I feel like I'm failing. You know, I'm not where I want to be with the career and all that stuff and just growing up the way I did. Knowing what I know now, I would have changed so much because I am now more aware of opportunities and more aware of how you can speak up for yourself. 
I'm more aware of how you can leverage your life and negotiate and really talk and communicate in order to get things done the way you want. You know, like I got accepted to the Cooper Union on the spot, which is not what they do with a caveat of if you would just turn this one thing in. And I I froze and I and I didn't and it's haunted me this whole time. You know, because they ask for drawings. They're like, you know, based on your photography, you're in, you're in, kid. Just give us 30 drawings, one a day. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do these like Michelangelo type masterpieces. And I froze and I couldn't do it. But do you know what I'm saying? Like I do. When but... you, and, and, you know, and Kathy was like, stop being so hard on yourself. Not everything is about money. You know, everyone will say that, not, but it is to me. I'm sorry. When you don't have it. Right. Of and course. you feel like, you know, you, it, it's, it's terrible anyway, but it's so nice to have friends remind you of your wins. Well, again, social comparison theory, which we talked about, what was mm. it last week? Yeah. Again, one of my main takeaways is, okay, it's inevitable. You will compare, compare yourself to everyone. Just make sure you compare up and down. You have to, again, say, wow, I got this thing that no one else got. And, you know, does that make you into a, a snob or a mean person? No. An elitist? No. As long as you're comparing both both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Edison, love him or hate him, and most people aren't tremendous fans of him, constantly compared himself to da Vinci and the things that he da did? Vinci had invented. This is what The Simpsons taught me anyway. <laughs> okay. The the Simpson Simpsons the cartoon yes oh my god really yes constantly he he always felt like he was behind Da Vinci because Da Vinci invented so many things plus he was an artist plus he was I mean come on Da Vinci invented the helicopter for goodness sake how mental is that hmm. <laughs> but anyways it's it's inescapable and that's what one of the things that social comparison theory teaches us but we need to a keep ourselves humble b keep ourselves realistic and c always be learning always be hustling and and that's that's what that is okay you know ask for help when you need it yeah but sometimes you don't know what you should be asking for that is true and, and that's, that's that's why that's you, the trouble that's why see i that's why i love having friends who check me who which is of course a hockey term which means basically you keep somebody from skating the way they want to skate that's why i have friends who correct who ask questions who dig into stuff and you too so today's subject I'm just going to get into it because I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, we're never going to get there. Yeah, I'm not feeling any better. <laughs> I still feel like crap. I'm so. sorry, babe. <laughs> Woe to me. Woe is me. So you, you have been talking about this and we've been talking about it too. You, you call it IRL. <laughs> I'm like, why are you? Remember the day you're, you've gotten way better with me, but so a man's a computer programmer. When he used to come home from work and I asked him how his day was, all I would get was a stream of acronyms. Three-letter acronyms, TLAs. Like he would just tell me what he did that day. And what he did was like all these coding things. 
They were random letters strung together as and, far as Fawn was concerned. And I wanted to know how he felt that day, who he saw, you know, how, how was your day? And it was all computer stuff. Like, no words, just, it was crazy. Anyway, so <laughs> IRL in real life, but I guess that's what is everyone talks about, right? IRL is not a computer term. But that com the computer geek has taken over. Friends in real life. What do you have to say about that? Fud. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's so interesting is I spent, or we spent so long sequestered where our relationships that we had had were primarily virtual. They were over the phone. They were on video chat, but they weren't tactile. They weren't, I'm right in front of you. So... Things like when I'm texting, I can curate. When I'm Facebook posting, again, I can curate. I can choose to write out a paragraph and then delete it and then write something else. Right. So there's a filter there. And in, and in real life, there's... There is still the, that filter. There is a filter, but it's trickier because somebody can see when you're thinking you should say one thing, but you say something else. There are micro gestures that will tell you everything if you are open to it. If you're present enough you can pick up everything from a split second exactly look a split second movement that happens but i kind of want to disagree with you because we were sequestered even before the pandemic and i'm not just talking about us as a family i think as a society we really didn't hang out together that much i mean that's how we started this whole thing mm -hmm. with what we, we called it be friendly at, at one point but that's the whole friendship movement we started, started way before the pandemic. That is true. And no one would, um, not no one, a few people, a fraction, a small fraction of the population was on board with us. Right. Like, yes. Exactly. Right. And these are the people who are looking for friends. I think mm -hmm. most people bebop through life. In the same way that they're not looking for relationships, they're not looking for friends, which is really, really sad. And we heard so many people say that, you know, when they found out what we were working on, what our project was, they went like in a very adamant way. Like it was almost uh, mean. Like I felt attacked by them when they would say it. They would say, I'm not here to make friends friends i'm not looking for friends. right i don't need any more friends and and that's just it that phrase right there i don't need need is a weird word any more friends everybody has this magical number in their head that if they have one friend or seven friends or 21 friends that's enough and they don't want any more and that's just it though that what kind of friend is it like do is it really a friendship well, or is it an acquaintance? Is it, what is it? Is right. it someone you just see at the grocery store? Or is it somebody that you it's invite not, over once a month? Or right. is it somebody you play poker with? Or is it, you know, somebody who you go over to their house and you watch footy ball? Who knows? There's a lot of assuming going on. Like what I noticed, there was a lot of assuming going on that, right. that people thought, I have plenty of friends. I have no more room. And I've always thought I'm already that was, so busy. Oh my God. So that was part of the problem, right? <laughs> the four letter word, wait, B-U-S-Y, yeah, four, four letters. 
Um, I hate that word. Those were fighting words for me. We did a whole episode in the very, 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 very beginning that if you say busy to me, mm-hmm. those are fighting words. Right. <laughs> or it's the end. I'm like, okay, got it. So that's a big F you to me when you say I'm busy. Instead of saying, this is what I'm doing. You know, right. I can't make it. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or I just don't feel like it. But to say I'm busy, no thank you. <laughs> Bye. It's a, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> but anyway, so we're talking about friends in real life. And I kind of changed my mind because we were all about friends in real life. That's what our whole matchmaking service was. Our whole platonic matchmaking service we had that we still have, right? We still have the code for it and everything. We have the code, but it's not hosted. We just put it on ice for a little bit. Um, but our whole, I forgot my train of thought. What was I saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was taking notes. Um, you were talking about, I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's awkward. Wow. I have no idea. In the beginning, we firmly believed in bringing together people physically, but and then you were segueing somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you so much, honey. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening, listeners. Oh, my God. So that's I was of the firm belief that for sure we need in-person friendship. And that's what we were, that's what we were all about. Right. That we, we found a way. We had an algorithm, and we had a very, very old technique of matchmaking to have people be in person and that when you have people on social media that are following you or maybe you're even talking to once in a while that that's not real real friendship but since the pandemic because everything had to be online and everything was either through social media or through zoom i actually made some fantastic friends and i want to say we matt made some fantastic friends like Barry came over a few weeks ago from another state, but we're close enough, you know, and when we met in person in real life, we were both commenting like, that's weird because like, I think Barry mentioned immediately, what did he say when he first saw us? Like something about you're exactly like I, I imagined you to be. And it was a shock, you know, and it was a shock because on another level, I was like, why are you even saying that? Because I already felt that we were family because we have been talking for so long now. Right. But circle back. Barry is, of course, Mr. Kind. Yeah. He, Barry has been on our show a few times. He's coming back in a couple weeks and he travels and tours the United States to spread kindness. He goes to schools. He volunteers. He's an amazing poet, musician. He spreads kindness to kids. And and he's just an amazing... Just a lovely guy. Angel. So talented. Anyways, yes. So So anyway, we got together in real life with Barry. Barry owns his inner Popeye. Mm Mm-hmm. I own my inner Popeye. You own your inner Popeye. We are who we are, and that's who we are. And, and you know, Merry Christmas. And I'm not going to present to you that I'm a something that I'm not. 
So that makes for an easy trend that made for the easy transition. It's because none of us were fronting. Mm -hmm. Right. There was no editing. Like how you said, people, people present or front people edit what they're going to say and what they're going to look like on social media. So right. it's harder to, it's harder to sense when someone is being authentic and what's really going on. If there's a lot of editing, yes, photoshopping, editing of what you're going to say, uh, editing of exactly what angle you're going to show of your life. And I have to imagine like musicians, like when they quote unquote meet their fans, it's like, particularly in this day and age, it seems like, um, like our girls listen to a lot of very emotional female singers. And that's a moment in time that they wrote about. They don't live there. They're, they've they've gone through a whole life. And I have to imagine like a fan of a particular song imagines that the singer is still caught in that place because the singer very carefully shows you that. And if they're not there anymore, even if they have to sing that song every night and try and bring up those feelings and that energy, they don't necessarily live there. And so I think it's it can be really disheartening for a fan to meet a lot of singers. Wow, and I just thought about it. And if you love that song and you're listening to it over and over and over again, you are living there forever. You're living there as a listener, but the performer's not living there. Mm -hmm. The performer's moved on. So it can be a very weird and uncomfortable space to just assume that, you know, that's the way it is. And, you know, the best bands, the best singers the best everything they're constantly evolving the best people are constantly evolving and so it's like you need to see their authentic selves in order to connect with that and so you're saying in real life then you can see the movements you can see the change in atmosphere you can change a person's outlook by interacting with them right you can see the peaks and valleys even in within a few minutes so you're not just looking at a static presented piece of art, right? which is what people create out right. there on, on the internet, on social media and everything. And there you go. And, and in point of fact, I am constantly now thinking about, and I had this thought just the other day, which is one of the things that led to this show, but I was talking to my, my, my good buddy, and there's a lot of points we intersect on. There's a lot of points we don't. And he mentioned just kind of obliquely that, you know, he took his whole office out to dinner to celebrate the holidays. He did? He did. That's nice. And I'm like, that doesn't even factor for me that he's a guy who's the boss who takes everybody out. So I have to wonder what's going to happen when, you know, I if I was to walk into his real life, say, at work, because men have a nasty habit of compartmentalizing. And maybe it's a good habit. I don't know. But... I think it's. I think it'd be tricky, because mm-hmm. I think that he's you know, on some level he's again compartmentalized. So he shows me those pieces that I'm comfortable with, but he doesn't show me a lot of the other pieces. And another thing is, there's not enough time. And that's another interesting issue. So even if you meet in real life, perhaps you have just enough energy mustered together. You muster. Is that the word? Muster. Muster? Yes. Not not mustard. Not mustard. <laughs> muster. Not enough ketchup together to get together. Like you 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 gather enough energy to present a certain thing. Right. Like I don't have the energy for that. 
you'll see my peaks and valleys within two minutes, probably. Right. 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 And if I do keep up a certain front, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. As a matter of fact, yeah, I'm a little daunted by, um, yeah, there's talk about getting together with all my workmates Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what that's even going to feel like. I think that's why it's a good idea to have activities because you're not just there staring at each other and talking. Right. But if you're eating together or you're playing together. Yes. And that's just or, it. There's there's talk there's talk about and or at, even going to a show together. Right. At a at a previous job we would connect on Zoom for happy hour and we mm. play games. Right. Or like I'm just thinking like just going to the theater together. You know, experiencing something together and then you have something to talk about together. Yes. Then that it, it takes the pressure off. It kind of massages the situation so there's not a tense moment. Right. It's like you massage everything out. Right. You and, smooth it out. And again, it can be helpful if you say meet people out in the world. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's go check out the Winter Festival. Right. And Theoretically, then, there's there's a lot to connect about. And again, I also talk about how one of the things that help us build friendships are shared experiences. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why people have such amazing bonds. Like if it's a hardcore experience that you just so happen to have experienced together, you're forever bonded by that experience. Right. Like it could be a trauma even. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great key for me, it's hard. Like there are so many people that are so into hiking or <laughs> I don't know, horseback riding and all this stuff. I'm like, um, I don't know what I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I seriously don't know what I would want to do with someone because again, because I'm constantly, my energies are always going into so many different directions Right. that I don't know what my thing is. Like, no thanks. Like my idea of hiking is not this other person's idea of hiking. I'm short. <laughs> my legs are tiny. Right. Your your idea of a nice hike would be maybe a little pond, walking around a little pond I, in I, brilliant I, sunshine, <laughs> you know. And I want to sit down. <laughs> one or two o'clock and then maybe go somewhere afterwards to... And I want something to eat. I'm like, can I just sit and eat? Like, do we have to walk? Because... <laughs> Because I'm so short, for me, I'm like doing a light jog for someone's normal walk. Right. And I, it's like hard to keep up with people. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, it's stressful. It's like back in the day when I would go bowling with my friends and they would get so mad at me because I would not be a good bowler. <laughs> like they get, they get upset and then it's stressful for everybody and then I'm angry. Well, that's that's a fun day. Do you know what I'm saying? Though do. that doesn't, it's not a good experience for I me. Do. So it's hard to say. Well, what activity can we do together? And it's stressful to even come up with an activity. So, do you have any suggestions for that? Well, it's about maybe sorting out a slacker sport. I I worked in an God. It seems like maybe the last time it wasn't, but it's almost the last time I worked in an office. We would go and play disc golf. See, do you remember what happened? When you took me disc golfing, I lost your favorite disc golf because it ended up in some tree. Again, stressful for me. Right. But it's about really judging and and understanding and, and, you know. Our first date, you guys, our first date, Matt took me miniature golfing. Yeah. This is before you knew. Apparently, I was a Chewbacca. Yes. I was so angry. (laughs) 
And he was there. <laughs> he had a little notebook keeping keeping score. You're supposed to keep score. That's the point. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's part of learning and, and you know, it's a part of connecting and, and, you know, learning how the other person is. You have to clearly communicate and that's just it. Sometimes you're going to come up with stuff that works and sometimes you're not. So I guess my thing is to have people come over and I cook for them. Right. So I'm keeping busy and I'm nourishing the people. I'm offering different tastes. So that's my thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I'm just not a hiker. I like to do things by myself when I'm hiking, like because I go at my own pace. I don't. It, it's not a competition. I hate competition. Hiking isn't a competition. It is when you're short, Matt. <laughs> Okay, I'm just anyway, going to be quiet now. Anyway, let's wrap this up. So what are some pointers? So we to be in real life, it's best to find a common experience. Right. Like an activity. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be hiking. And it's very important that both sides are patient and both sides pay attention to how it's going and how the other person is feeling and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And in real life is quite extraordinary because I mean to again going back and noticing the tiniest movement or the tiniest change in a person's voice or their expressions or the way they look the way their eyes like something can shift in a split second it's such a beautiful way to connect and when you're present enough to notice that I think that's what opens up a beautiful friendship to form because when someone notices that you pay attention like that, when you're heard like that, it means the world to everyone. Absolutely. To everyone. I mean, that's how, that's one of the ways that I fell in love with Matt because I'm like, whoa, this guy notices things that most people ignore. He, he pays attention. He's paying attention. He's hearing me. And so that made me open and more receptive to who you were. Like, who are you? Thank you for listening. Thank you for noticing. And then, so that made me more intrigued to, I wanted to find out more about you. Because you obviously gave me the great gift of paying attention to me. And it just happened naturally then. That I was like, who is this person? Who is this Matt? And it formed a beautiful friendship, which led to this amazing marriage. I'm going to knock on wood. Hey, watch us fight right after this nice thing that I just told you. But anyway, so anyway, that's my take on it. You, Your take? I'm in complete agreement. However, I want to segue us over to another zone, which is just it's an important thing to pay attention. And I used to say it was two times and now I don't know. But basically, if you say, if somebody says, hey, you want to hang out and do X and you don't want to do it, absolutely, you should say no. But long about two or three times, if they ask and you constantly say no, they're going to stop. That's somebody's attempt to maybe grow the friendship and maybe take it outside of, let's say, maybe the workplace or outside of, you know, wherever it is you've met this person. So it can be really uncomfortable and Certainly, if you always hear no, how are you going to feel about it? And so you got to think about that on the other side of the coin. So if you say no to somebody two or three times, 
then you better suggest something good or you better say yes to something you're not comfortable with. And that can be fun too to expand your boundaries unless it's hiking. Matt, I know you probably have something else to add to this, but can I just say something else about the no thing? Thank you for bringing that up. The no thing, that's another dirty word for me because... No. Well, the thing is that... Well, I, I'm i notorious for saying no. <laughs> like, remember when I had to pull out a wisdom te- tooth? Yes. And they, they gave me this drug because I was freaking out. I was scared. And then it made me so mellow. And then when they called my name to go into surgery, I just said no. <laughs> no. And we thought we were funny. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> No. No. <laughs> um, so years ago, Oprah started talking about, we need to say no. Women need to say no. And I thought... And there are points in time where they absolutely should. Yes, absolutely. I think there's so many people pleasers out there and you have to... Yes, definitely. I just think that it went overboard because all of a sudden I kept hearing women in a rude way say you know what i'm i'm gonna practice saying no to you i'm like thanks was, for practicing it was just rude like i was in santa fe and i went to a photography workshop that you pay big money for mm-hmm. and this photo editor was who was one of the teachers um we were waiting for the next course to open up right mm-hmm. she was a speaker she was there to like we paid to like have an interaction with right. these people. And so I remember we were standing waiting for the next thing. We were all just standing waiting mm-hmm. in line. And I went to her. I'm like, do you mind taking a look at my book? This project that I finished several months ago. It's a book. I ha- do you mind just taking a quick look at it? She looked at me and she, I swear to you, it was like line by line the same a tone that you would hear on Oprah. And she looked at me, she's like, I'm going to practice saying no to you. So no. I'm like, wow. Ew. It was so gross. So I think we've gone overboard with the whole no thing that just don't, don't just say no people. It's like saying I'm busy. Please explain. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you have to explain why you don't want to do something, mm-hmm. but instead of being lazy about it and just saying I'm busy, because it, it's such a blow off, like you're blowing the person off mm-hmm. and it, it's gotten rude. It's gotten to the point of rude. Say, I really need to be alone. I have no energy to go out. You know, just be honest. Why is it that you're saying no? Just speak honestly. And exp- like express yourself. There are so many beautiful words out there. Use them. It's like painting. Use all the different colors. Don't just stick with one like standard word. And if the person wants to be your friend, they're going to hear that, try and understand it. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Respect it. Respect like, it. Cool. There you go. That's yeah. the word. And it's the people that don't respect that, then you know, okay, I don't want to hang out with this person ever. That's right. fine. Or this person and, is but, projecting certain things onto you or right. who knows. Oh, people get offended like rather quickly. <laughs> so then you know and you know fast, so you know to stay away from that person. Right. But uh, yeah, I just, the word no and, you know, if someone invites you to something and you genuinely think you may like this person and you do have to say no yeah, I think we get used to saying it so much now that 
you, before you know it, you've said it more than three times. Like we learned this when we lived in this cute little town and people were really into having dinners together, mm-hmm. like dinner parties, like getting together at a nice table. They really were, everyone was into cooking. It, it was just a beautiful thing that this community did. And they asked us all the time over and we were from LA and we were used to saying no. And that's when we realized, right, Matt? That's when you said we can't do that more than three times. Right. Because they'll stop asking us. Right. They'll right. Give up. Because you're getting the slow no, which is right. just a terrible term, but it's true. Yeah. And it's also, it takes a great amount of courage to go to someone and initiate something. And so when you get turned down, it could be, it, you could take it personally. It kind of hurts a it, little it bit. It stings a smidge. Yeah. And if you keep getting that, then the person's like, okay, I'm done. Right. So well, we, this we person don't... obviously doesn't want to hang out with me or do things with me. Yeah. It takes a certain effort to create an opening. Right. Right. By asking someone, would you like to? Right. Fill in the blank. Right. And so, yeah, after a while, just please know that it could close the door. Being aware of that is what we've been practicing ever since those days from that cute little town. Right, Matt? True. So I think that's it for me for now. Thank you so much. Matt Matt just waved like he's good. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> so you're good. I'm There's good. nothing else you nope. want to say. Okay. Thank you again so much for listening. We love you. If you could, do us a favor. Ask other people to listen download our episodes spread the word about what we're trying to do here which is create a friendlier world through the art of friendship we're here for you every week we will always be here reach out to us our friendlyworldpodcast.com and that's it talk to you in a few days be well bye